Hey, storytellers. If you like the show, you can find Life Narrated on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever streaming service you use. It really helps others find the podcast and validates our existence. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thanks for listening. storytellers and welcome to life narrated the podcast about life and the stories we tell my name is emily and i am the devourer of the unworthy dead my name is lauren and part of me is dead but i'll never tell which uh and i'm matt and i am the fourth head of cerberus awesome and today we are taking some trips into the underworld and we have to make sure that we pack correctly so i think matthew you're gonna go first where are you going and what are you taking with you so i am going to the greek underworld and I am going to be taking uh, some coins mm-hmm. so that I can give them to uh, Chiron, the the boatman, to take me across the river Styx. And I'm also bringing some food for Cerberus so that he ignores me when I try and get in to where I'm going. And then I'm taking uh, a knife because <laughs> just because I, I want to make sure if I got to check a guy, I don't know. Who knows what's up in the underworld? Okay, all right. Maybe I'll kill God. So how are you getting there? Uh, so <clears throat> the Greeks seem to believe that when you die, your soul is separated from your body immediately. Okay. And uh, you are transported, the soul portion of you, is transported directly to the underworld. And on the shores of the river Styx, you kind of wander around until you find Chiron, or, or Charon, can't really pronounce it. Yeah, I've heard it pronounced several ways. It's interesting because there's another character that is Charon, who's the the um, centaur who like trains heroes. So it's Chiron. They sound the same. I don't know. Chiron. Yeah. Let's call him Chiron. And it also depends on like which culture. Like Greek and Roman culture is very similar. Regardless, he doesn't just ferry people back and forth across the river for fun. He's not like an apprentice. He's got He's a, a job. He's a professional. It's, this is his job. And you want a service provided, you're going to pay him some money. Um, except uh, only if you are unburied, if you don't get buried in Greek mythology, uh, Chiron's like, just turn around, buddy. I can't just do this for you. Go back. Yeah. And, and actually, you're, 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 I understand that you're allowed to go haunt your family at that point. Like, yeah. you get down there and they're like, oh no, you weren't buried properly. Go go back and tell them. <laughs> tell them. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, you are, and uh, you're also doomed to sh- wander the shores for 100 years. So you got 100 years to like, harass people before you you can go back and try again. Oh, there Um, you go. Which is an interesting time frame because I would think that once you die, like, because time doesn't really matter, it would be like, meh. (laughs) Like, you would, I guess what I'm saying is like, a hundred years is like, oh, okay, whatever, that's nothing. But if it was like 10,000 years, it'd be like, fuck you guys. (laughs) You should have buried me. Are you kidding me? Like, (laughs) Well, I think it's like, for a hundred years for a human, like, you gotta keep in mind, you were just a human. Yeah. And now you're... A, That's a good point. So it's like, I can live a whole other lifetime, and then by the end of it, you're like, whatever. It's, it's probably like, like when you're a kid, like, an hour seems exactly. like a long time, and that now that you're an adult, a year is like, oh, I can do that for a year, you know? Yeah. Except would, long-distance relationships. Don't do those. <laughs> <laughs> so you get the money from, from people who've left, who've been left behind. They give you the money, right? You don't... The people who've been left behind? Like You're, who bury the people who bury you? Oh like yeah, they bury you with money. With they put money. it in your okay. mouth. They gotcha. put it on your eyes. They bury it with you so that you'll have it in the underworld. So the way they would have to, they'd have to bury me with like a sheep or something to 
to follow my wishes <laughs> so I have food and then they have to bury me with a knife and some money. Okay. So I give it I give my money to to Chiron and he would ferry me across the, the river Styx. Um, and then I would be end up at the entrance to the underworld. Okay. And from there, um, that's where what's his name? Uh, Cerberus. Hey. The oh, three-headed puppy uh, lives, <laughs> except he's a giant, terrifying dog, and he will eat anybody who tries to get there, uh, fa- like by f- by fakery, by fakery, by trickery. Who by has trickery it, or fakery who isn't really dead. Exactly, he'll he'll make sure you're dead. <laughs> oh, but I don't want to deal with that, so I brought him a sheep. I'll just throw the sheep. You got over him there. snackies. I'll eat that sheep that way, and Cerberus will go after him. Okay, and then. He'll eat. He'll eat the eaten sheep. In this scenario, is the sheep alive or is it dead? Uh, I don't know. I think he was buried with me, right? So he kind of would be dead. But also, if he's but also if, if you're alive, dead, yeah, if you're dead, so it's like, is it the sheep spirit that follows you? And so it's like alive, yeah. and you can set it running, and then Cerberus goes right. after it. I mean, it's like a tasty morsel. I think he'd probably go after it in either way. Yeah, but it would be much more effective if he was buried alive. I agree. <laughs> okay. Um, and then I get past Cerberus, and then I'm in uh, in the underworld. And it seems from the Wikipedia page that at some point, when you get into the underworld, across the past the entrance, where a bunch of like things just hang out in front of the entrance. <laughs> okay. Things like anxiety, age, fear, hunger, agony, sleep. Oh wow. The guilty joys, war, discord. All these people just hanging out. All these like characters just hanging out with, with Cerberus. Is, in front of the entrance. Is that maybe where you leave all those things when you enter the underworld as well? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't say that specifically here, but I can see that as being a thing. Yeah. There's some judges. An area where the judges in the underworld uh, send souls to different places. And that's what the knife is for. <laughs> <laughs> to threaten them? Yes. Okay. Like, so, I don't know how it works, like, what their things are. There's the Asphodel Meadows, which is a place for ordinary and indifferent souls. Okay. And just like, they did not really belong anywhere, and they just kind of go there. It's like, whatever. There's also the um, Tartarus, which is where Zeus banished the Titans when he first came to power. Right. And that's a very bad place, very dark, very scary. Not good. And um, <laughs> Sisyphus, who he was famous for, he tried to cheat death by, I think first he died, and then he told his wife not to bury his body so he could come back, and then he inhabited his body, and then when death came to catch him again, he held death captive. And for that, he was sentenced to Tartarus to roll the the ball up the hill, and then just to have it rolled down again. Well, first of all, that guy sounds rad. Like, what a thinker. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Secondly... That sucks for him, I guess. You don't want to go there if you can avoid it. Um, but then there's also there's a special place called the Morning Fields, the oh. Aeneid. Yeah, and that's where specifically reserved for those who uh, wasted their lives on unrequited love. Oh, that's like, so as sad. As if they didn't already have a shitty time, right? What? What? Well, maybe it's like they all all go there and like fall in love together. Maybe that's yeah. I was like, I hope it's like a nice place. It's like a singles club. It's for a the singles under- club of the underworld. <laughs> I guess that seems like a special kind of punishment. I don't know. <laughs> Just sit around redoing your dating profile forever. Yeah, right. To so like, like try Tinder. Like- just yeah. like the worst Tinder ever. <laughs> it's a, a phone that never stops with notifications from Tinder. That like, <laughs> but like there's a hundred apps and they're all just like slightly different. 
And you have to, like, remember how to use each one. <laughs> wow, okay. This is awful. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to go to the Aeneid. And then they have two other ones. Elysium for the especially distinguished. They have no labors. They just hung out there. And, like, they're for, like, very good people. And then, finally, the Isle of the Blessed. And if you go to Elysium... So you go to the Isle of the Blessed, the Fortunate Isles, as they were called. And then, when a soul reached... Elysium, they had a choice to either stay in Elysium or be reborn. If a soul was reborn three times and achieved Elysium all three times, they were sent to the Isles of the Blessed to live in eternal paradise. That's interesting. So huh. it's like if you get 100% on a video game three times, the guy's like, you don't have to play this anymore. Yeah. Just, live, like, just be happy. <laughs> that is so interesting. I find yeah. it interesting, too, that, that the underworld is so <clears throat> stratified in this uh, culture. And in weird ways. Yeah. And, like, lots of, like, very distinct, like, ways I wouldn't expect. Yeah, I mean, I guess they don't have, like, a heaven and a hell. They just have, a like, an alright place. And then... Well, the, they do, though. They have The good Elysium. place and the best place. <laughs> well, they have, like, the really, really bad place, which is, like, Tartarus. Tartarus, yeah, I guess that's true. But, like, only so have... super bad people. Like, serial killers go there. Yeah. And that's it, so... Yeah, you're right. I wonder, though, like, what constitutes... Like, bad? Bad, yeah. Like, how bad do you have to be? I mean, these are, like, you know... They're they're mostly things that, like, have offended the gods. Like, uh, what's his name? Prometheus is there having his liver eaten out by an eagle every day. Oh, yeah. um, because he gave fire to humans. I forgot about him. I know, yeah. this guy. And it's like... It. And Sisyphus, I mean... Real solid move guy. Tried to cheat death, but he definitely didn't do anything, like, super bad. He just defied the gods, I guess. So I guess if you defy the gods, that's where you would be. Yeah, yeah. And that includes, like, the Titans, who were gods mm. before the gods, so... And then you go to the Asphodel Meadows if you're, like, normal, and then the Morning Fields if you, like, are in love too much. <laughs> Elysium is if you're, like, pretty rad. And then if you keep being rad, like, a bunch of times, you, you go to the Isles of the Blast and you just don't... So is there, like, an... So there is an element of, like, reincarnation here? Or so it seems, yeah. Is it like yeah. you go here and you live another life? So if you get to, like, the goodish place... Yeah. Like, not the not the neutral place and not the bad place, but you go into, like, the neutral place, Elysium, you get a choice if you want to be reborn as, like, another oh. human. Oh, I see. Okay, so... And then so... if you do that three times and keep getting into the pretty good place, they're like, all right, you did it. You're going to the best place. Just stop. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because they they see uh, reincarnation as something good, but that not as good <clears throat> as being released from that cycle. Which is kind of like reincarnation in general. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like it's kind of like a Buddhist belief that you yeah, you yeah. know eventually you achieve enlightenment and like the goal is you you keep learning and you get better. But there are definitely people who don't and yeah. just yeah. end up coming back as. Well, I do want to talk about creatures. Egyptian because that kind of is is similar. And as you know, they like they exchanged a lot of you know uh, stuff in mm -hmm. um, the course so of Emily, time. Yeah, you're going to the underworld. What are you taking? Yeah, I'm going to the Egyptian underworld. I am going to take. I did not think of this ahead of time. I am going to take <laughs> my ka, which is my life force. Actually, I'm not going to take my ka because that stays with my body. That is the spark <laughs> of life. That stays with my body. I am going to take my ba, which is like my personality, and maybe that is what we Westerners think of as a soul. Um, so that's like the program, and the ka is like the energy that runs the program. <laughs> okay. If we're going to think of it as millennials. <laughs> and so I, the ba has to travel through the underworld. Sorry, it's, I'm like, it's like the Emily app. And, that's uh, right. 
the car is like the charger. Yes, it's the phone. <laughs> or no, the absolutely the um, the body is the phone. Here we go. We got this. All phone right. based analogy. For you millennials out there and you Gen Xers or Gen Y or whatever you're on, Gen Z now. Gen Z now. So I need my ba. I need a photographic memory apparently, and also what? yeah basic literary skills oh i need a sarcophagus i definitely need a sarcophagus <laughs> so the way to the underworld is different it depending on who you are as a like if you're a pharaoh for instance initially only pharaohs had baths and only mm-hmm. pharaohs could go to the afterworld uh, afterlife and they would use a boat so that's like a nice way to get there but sure. the layman has a sarcophagus and that is their boat. <laughs> they just like drop it in the river. And I they, guess, they like, will go <clears throat> and they head to Duat, which is the underworld. And you're guided by several deities along the way. Uh, and for the pharaohs, mostly it's uh, Wajet, who is the snake goddess, because snakes know their way underground. So mm-hmm. the, the snake goddess guides the pharaohs. I don't think that they guided normal people. I think the normal people had other that. others. They don't get a psychopath. They have the, uh, the plebeian god. <laughs> yeah, Bob. they had... Um, I don't think Anubis really guided anyone to the afterlife. He's in charge of mummification to make oh. sure that your body is preserved. I don't know that he actually was a psychopomp, to be clear. So you make your way there. You end up in the Hall of Truth, and you have to weigh your heart against uh, Maat's feather. And Maat is like known as she's the balance of the universe. So she is both good and bad. You know, she's everything in her. So if you have maintained the balance of the universe, uh, your heart will weigh less or as much as one of her feathers. Hmm. So you have to do that. If your heart weighs more than the feather, then your heart gets eaten by Amit, who is (laughs) part lion, part hippo, part crocodile. And then you're just dead, dead. You're dead, dead forever. You just don't come back. There's no soul. There's nothing. There's yeah. nothing. Your your soul is damaged, and you're you're nothing. Okay. Um, but if you pass, you get to um, be confronted by these forty-two judges, and the forty-two judges you have to address each one by name, and tell them that you've done oh, nothing wow. wrong. So they'll be like, you know, uh bearer of light i have not stolen anything and then you have to assure them of specific deeds like you i haven't stolen anything you i haven't committed adultery you i haven't done this like so the the coffin text the um the book of the dead is basically instructions on how to do this and it specifically names all of these people i was about to say like how do people remember no they have a guide yeah you have to (laughs) well so here's the thing the coffin texts are written on your coffin or your whatever so you have to read it and then you have to go and then if you don't complete it by the time the sun rises you have to go back to your body your ba goes back to your body and then you have to start again at the end of the the next day. I see. There's no save points. <laughs> There's no, like... So you have to do all that again. You weigh your heart again. You're like, okay, great. I'm fine. And then you start with all of the 42 judges and go... But also, you know what? Like, it's nice that you get, like, retries. Like, they're, you know, you fuck it up one night and you're like, ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, but your, your ba is very delicate. And so if it gets damaged, it might forget where it's supposed to be going and then just wander off. And then, so there's another aspect to this, and it's not quite clear if this is a different part of your soul or if it's the ka and the ba together. 
outside of your body, but it's basically the the un the restless undead. Like well, we're talking zombies now. Yeah, it's no, it's like a ghost, more like a ghost. Okay. And so that is probably what happens to you once if your soul if your body is damaged and you don't know where you're going. But then you can come back and have this spark of life, and you're just like, ah! just mad at everybody. Oh, weird. Okay. Um, okay, so then once you pass these judges and you've addressed everyone by name, you go to the Field of Reeds, which is interestingly like Egypt. It is just basically the Nile when it's most fertile. And you get to farm, and you're not hungry, and you just live there forever. You live there with the pharaohs and the gods. Everybody is there together. Yeah, there's different islands, um, but I don't think it's like segregated by like who you are. I think there's just like whoever wants to be wherever, and I think that's pretty cool because you get to like everybody gets the same afterlife kind of. I mean, people have an easier time of getting there than others, and I think it's Mm. it's very indicative of how Egypt Egyptians felt about their world. Like they had it real sweet. They had fertile (laughs) ground. You know, they they conquered a bunch of people. And they had a lot of riches. So they're just like, I want my afterlife to be just like this life. Right. And so that is like, but you have to work hard to get there. Since you're not working hard in life, there's this like bunch (laughs) of trials to, and I can see like as an Egyptian person, you're like, I have it great now. I'm going to use all of my wealth and strength and influence to make it so that I can have this great life in the afterlife. And so I'm going to build a tomb, and I'm going to make sure the instructions are super clear, and I'm going to do this. I was about to say, like, the Greeks, they didn't, it didn't seem to have it so organized. It was just, like, you die, and you get buried, and, like, hopefully someone thinks to put a coin in your mouth. You yeah. But, and, like, you got to go across the river, and you got to pay a guy to do it, and then you got to, like, fight a big dog, and <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And the, the Egyptians are like, why would we pay someone to take us on a boat? We'll just build a boat. Yeah, we'll just build a boat. <laughs> we'll take ourselves on our hey guys, own boat. I'm super rich. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, here's my boat. That's right. And then, like, uh, you have to, like, account for your sins against the judges, I guess, or in the, in the Greek afterlife. And this one, they're like, no, 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 no. It's all just, just say the words on your coffin, you idiot. <laughs> and the thing is that you don't necessarily account for your sins. You just swear that you didn't do them. Oh, okay. Yeah, you so, did. like, I don't think that they're really um, advocating outright lying, but they're also not advocating telling the truth, <laughs> you know? So you say, hey, I haven't I haven't stolen, I haven't done this, I haven't done that. And it, there's no, like, caveat to if you have done those things. <laughs> like, I what like, do you do? <laughs> it's like a, an old money family versus, like, a new money family. They're like... The old money family is like, we got this. We know the process is perfect. We've got it all set up. You just do the thing we've set aside. It. Yeah, and you'll be fine. Whereas, like, new money, they're like, ah, I don't, I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> you it's just funny. go down there and talk to that guy. <laughs> it's funny because, um, I oh, yeah, the new money is like, throw money at it. Find out what right. happens. <laughs> right, or, like, just figure <laughs> it out, basically. It's interesting because the process is very dependent on those who have been left behind to do stuff for you. So if you don't have a sarcophagus... <laughs> If you don't have instructions, and these instructions aren't, like, widely known. This is, like, a safely kept secret. So oh. it's not like every kid knows how to get to the underworld, you know? Okay. You have to you have to have a professional paint it on their coffin, on their sarcophagus, whatever. Okay, so that the, makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, and sometimes they're... So initially they were called pyramid texts because they were only in the pyramids because only the pharaohs could go. And then they were called coffin texts because they were in the coffins as everyone... 
as it, the belief evolved and everyone mm-hmm. had a ba now, so everyone can go to the underworld. Yeah, and interestingly enough, there is some, like, discrepancies and, like, I learned about some things in Egypt when I was there that don't quite show up in my internet searches, you know? <laughs> so, like, for a lot of the Valley of the King tombs, they have these, on the way down to the tombs, there's these paintings of all of the gates to the underworld. Which is not mentioned in all of this, right? Huh, okay. And they're all guarded by goddesses and their animal friends, let's say. Yay! <laughs> so, no. yeah. Duh. Duh. So you have the to, like, gotta have address each one of these goddesses um, in order to get into the underworld. And I don't think that they're, like, passing judgment on you, but you have to, like, convince them to let you in. Um, there, were you and I having that conversation, Emily, about how, like, and you do this... Like every night, so it's almost like, and then your your soul or your, your ba, ba would come back to your body, and you do it again the next day. Mm-hmm. But only so if you mess up, right? Like if you get in once, you're you're golden. Yeah, you get in once, you're fine. Yeah, which is why people weren't too uh, upset about reusing coffins, because presumably that person is already in the field of reeds. They're fine. Now we can reuse this coffin for someone else. Interesting. Yeah. And the, the body is just like a, it's like garbage at that point. Oh, you mean the body? Um, yeah. No, I think, because they went through a lot to, to save the bodies of these pharaohs. So I'm not sure. Uh, it's possible that once you get into the field of reeds that you can retrieve your body and you can use the, or you can, you have the physical manifestation of that body there. So okay. it has to be maintained on earth. I don't know. I'm not sure about that one. But yeah, I want to hear about uh, what you studied. Lauren, Lauren, where are you going? So I am not sure, you guys. <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm not sure where I'm going. There are, uh, I mean, similarly similarly to uh, the Greeks and the Egyptians, in the Norse mythology, there are different places you go to when you die. But it a lot of it depends on how you die. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so, uh, I think I'll start off talking about the thing that, like, people most commonly think about when you think about Vikings and stuff. Tell us what you're going to take with you first. Oh, yeah, so I'm going to take with me, I'm going to take with me something for each place, so. Okay. uh, I'm going to take a sword. Okay. Um, Yeah, I'm going to take a sword, I'm going to take some food, and I'm going to take a uh, needle and thread. Okay. All right. So, each of these things I will find useful depending on where, where I go. Okay. Yeah. So, you're kind of hedging your bets. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can use them in all the places, but, like, okay. So, a lot of times when we think of, like, Vikings and their, like, heaven, we think of Valhalla. So, Valhalla is where fallen warriors go. Okay. So, if you die in combat, the Valkyries, like, come and take you to Odin's Hall and you, like, that's where you hang out until Ragnarok. So Ragnarok is the North, the Norse, sorry, End Times story. And there's a huge battle that just kind of decimates everything and all the gods except for a handful and restarts everything. So it's like the end of the world and the beginning of the new age. Okay. Like most end of the world stories. Yeah. So what I learned was that there's Valhalla... But then there's also another place 
called Folkvengard. Okay. Which is which is Freya's field. Oh. So if you die in battle, half of the warriors go to Valhalla, but they go like the Valkyries take them to the Valhalla, but the other half go to Freya's field, which is like it's like a reward for being a a warrior and for you know dying in combat, which was definitely seen in like a warrior culture that was like seen yeah. as like the greatest way to die. Um, but you're not taken to the Hall of Odin. So you basically get to live out your days in Freya's field where you just, like, eat and live again, as it were, but just, like, in this really beautiful place that's overseen by the goddess Freya. So, question, which which one is better? Is it better to go to Odin's place or Freya's? So I don't think, everything I saw didn't really imply that one was better than the other. It was just, if you go to Valhalla, you will fight in Ragnarok. Oh, okay, but if you go to Freya's field, you won't? Yeah, you won't get you. So I I imagine to at, in the context of their like culture, Valhalla was probably seen as the better place because you would fight again in Odin's army. Okay. Um, and you you know you go yeah so you go to his hall and it's made of like wooden the the ceiling is made of like wooden shields and you they literally just like eat and drink mead and fight and then when um. Ragnarok begins, Odin calls them all, and he that's his army. Okay. So I imagine that would be the, like, choice, like, oh, thing. Okay. Um, but there are, like, references in the, it's, like, in the Eddas, which are, like, the Norse mythology stories. Mm-hmm. There's the, oh, the Poetic Edda and the Prose Edda. Oh, okay. And that's where, that's what the word I was looking for, was the Prose Edda, and they're made up of all the sagas. So, like, Freya's Field is also, like, a place for, like, nobility and, like, noble women who've, like, suffered an, a noble death or an honorable death. So maybe they didn't die in combat, but okay. maybe they, like, committed ritual suicide before, like, being dishonored or whatever. So so a lot of, like like, noble women would consider that their afterlife destination. Okay. And that's where I would take... So, if I were to die in battle and go to Valhalla, I would obviously want my sword. If I ended up going to Freya's fields and the the Folkvengar, I would... That's where I would take my food. Okay. Okay. Or actually, I think I would take my needle and thread there, so I'd have something to do. (laughs) Sounds... Real boring. It seems really practical. <laughs> so the third place is so. The third place is not is hell, uh, spelled H E L, but pronounced That's right, hell. hell. So hell is overseen by the the goddess Hell, who is the daughter of Loki and um, Angraboda, who was a giantess. Loki, I, I think. Some stories or whatever refer to her as his wife because he had several children. But so like Fenrir, the great wolf, and the horse, um, right? Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Yeah, it's complicated. It's complicated. And the the world's the the, the Midgard serpent. serpent. Yeah, uh, his name is also complicated. <laughs> talking about complicated god names now. It's or? like Jor Joramond or something, and then Hell. Those those are Loki's. Oh, I see. Uh, four of his children by the giantess. And so Hell is always portrayed as being half dead. Yeah. So some people interpret that half her body is like a decaying corpse, and then the other half is like this living, beautiful woman. Or like it might be um, 
like you can see her skeleton so like she doesn't have flesh and you can see her bones outside of her body or whatever so she was sent to Helheim which means like the land of the dead hell itself gets its like root word from the same word that her. Uh, English yeah. gets the word hell which just means hidden oh. so Helheim is hidden realm oh, okay and so that's kind of where everybody else goes. So, like, if you die of old age or you die of sickness or you get kicked by a horse <laughs> and die of an infection or something, like, you journey down. Um, it's it's the, like, lower, lowest most realm on Yidrasil, which is the, the life tree. Yeah. So you travel down and it takes, like, forever and it's really dark and it's very misty and then you get to a river, kind of like... Okay. In the other mythologies, you get to this river and there's a bridge, and the bridge is guarded, and you have to like state your reason and go through the gate. So that has always been kind of portrayed as like not really, it's not like a bad place. It's not like, oh, you didn't die in battle, and so you are less worthy, so you're going to this bad place. It's really seen as like neutral, the ordinary place. Yeah, it's just, exactly, it's like, well, you died, so you gotta go somewhere, but you can't go to, like, Valhalla, so you you go to hell. There are accounts by other people, and this is as, like, Christianity started to, like, sneak its way into these other cultures, that you see it's seen as, like, being a more negative yeah. place. Yeah. And hell herself is being described as, like, a really, like, bad person. Right. Um, so, but yeah, so it really just depends on how you die. It's not really, it's not really based on like your actions when you were alive. Like you could be a really great person and not be a warrior. So you would go to hell or you could be an awful person. But if you die in battle, you'll go to Valhalla. Interesting. So, or at least that's kind yeah. of what I picked up from it. And, and again, nothing is really seen as being like, like, Valhalla is seen as this positive and, like, really, like, desirable afterlife because it's a warrior culture. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I, I read a book a while ago called uh, The Longships, and it was written recently, but it was, like, it's supposed to be, like, a very, like, accurate depiction of Viking life. Ooh. Um, it was an interesting book. It was just really long. Um, but one of the things they talked about was how, like, Christian um, missionaries had come to um, to their lands and had started, like... Um, trying to proselytize and turn everyone Christian, and what they were, what happened was like initially they were just taken as slaves, like immediately. <laughs> just like, <laughs> oh, look it, it's a guy. Cool, you're with us now. <laughs> like we're gonna sell you. No, that and wasn't like, a question. Come on, let's go. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so they would sell them as slaves, and like usually they were pretty good because they were like scholars and they could read and write, but they could also like you know they were relatively healthy, so they could lift things and chop wood or whatever. But then eventually it became really obvious that they were like just loud and they would never shut up about their gods and they were like so annoying and so eventually you couldn't even get money for them as slaves because no one would buy a, a missionary because <laughs> it was so annoying because they wouldn't shut up about Jesus this and Christ that <laughs> and so they just would kill him on the spot <laughs> they'd be like oh no 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 which is actually makes a lot of sense when you think about why they didn't have any qualms whatsoever 
like have like raiding monasteries. Oh yeah, yeah. like cause it, part of it, I'm sure, was like this isn't our god. Our god's totally fine with this. Yeah, and then also it's like yeah, you guys are being bullshit. <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> Is this where all the annoying people come from? Great, let's burn let's it to the ground. Burn it to yeah. the ground. I so another hate thing this. that they did in the longships was that they would. Uh, they would travel a lot, like all these different places, and they went. And it was like a very epic journey in this book. Uh, but they talked about how, um, like the Vikings, they would take on different religions as they moved through the place. So they be- at one point, they became Muslims, and at another point, they became Christians, just because they were in those lands for yeah. so long. And the way they justified it was like, well, maybe our gods haven't got here yet. <laughs> like, maybe like so we our need gods- to to talk to the gods that live here. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like a thing that controlled the world. It was just like a leader that happened to be invisible and have magic. Like, yeah. You know? And he was just like, okay, the gods here are pretty good. I guess we'll use those gods for now. <laughs> and then when they get when we get home, we'll use our gods and we'll forget about those guys. It's fine. <laughs> it's funny because they have uh, a lot of evidence of not necessarily cross-cultural pollination of uh, Vikings and Muslims, but there are evidence that they had contact. Like, uh, there are... Um, there's Islamic script found on uh, Viking blades. Yeah. And I was going to say, it's the sword. Yeah, on the sword. The metals they were using. And then there's also uh, actually Viking graffiti in the Hagia Sophia, like yeah, we on saw it. the banister. And it just says, like, you know, Sven was here, basically. <laughs> but it's just so. It's Sounds like, like a Viking. It's runes. They're like ancient runes <laughs> carved into. It's just so crazy. How far they've got. Oh, yeah. But anyways, I just want to bring up those two things about uh, Vikings and their religion and, like, how they interacted with other religions. I find it interesting that the Greeks... Okay, so the Greeks, you have to have money to get into the underworld. The Egyptians, you have to have family. You have to have someone who's going to help you, like, launch you into the underworld, basically, who are going to take care of you, give you a sarcophagus and instructions. And then the Norse... You don't need anybody except you have to die a specific way. Like, not right. everybody can get a good outcome, and it's about how you die. Yeah. I, it's I, interesting. I find it interesting, though, that it's not about, like, avoiding death. It's about having a good death. Yeah. Right. No? Everybody's gonna die. And, in fact, like... It's very the, Germanic. Even the gods. Um, so, Boulder, who is, like, one of the the... The Aesir is like a top tier gods. There's the Aesir and the Vanir. Mm. And so Boulder, I believe, is part of the Aesir, which is like Odin and Thor and all those guys. Like the varsity team. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the Vanir are also like really awesome, but right, yes, I would the think they're considered JV. kind of like they're kind of like separate. They're more when you think of like more earthy hippie gods. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why they're not on the varsity team. Right, exactly. They're like super powerful and people definitely worship them, but it's also it's just different. But anyways, um, Boulder is the like most beloved. He's like incredibly handsome. He's incredibly charming. Everybody loves him. He's like a beautiful singer. Like he's he he is beloved. <laughs> and Loki, of course, can't stand that. Sure. So one of like Loki's great sins that ends him in the tied to the rock, kind of like our friend Prometheus. <laughs> Um, is he tricks Boulder's brother, who is blind, into shooting him with um, an arrow made of mistletoe, which is like the 
only thing that could ever hurt Boulder. So right. when Boulder was born, his mother went around to all the living things and all the not living things um, <laughs> in, that existed and basically made them swear that they would never hurt him. And they I were all like, yes, that. of That's course, great. we would never do They're that. Like, hey, this baby, this is your friend. Don't be touching this baby. You were going to love him. He loves you. He We're loves you. If you ever hurt him, I swear to me that I will destroy you. <laughs> I swear and so to mistletoe me. was like the only thing that didn't make that pledge. And oh. Loki knew, found that out and knew that. And so he made an arrow from mistletoe. Wow. And had... So so Boulder's brother like shot him with his arrow and he died. And wow. so Boulder went to hell. And he, so he had to travel through the underworld, and so he went to the Hall of Hell, um, and he, like, sits in, like, this honored position, so he's, like, an honored guest, and, like, they (laughs) exist together, and then one of the other gods, it's the Odin's horse, who's the (laughs) six-legged horse whose name I can't say, um, and another one of the messenger gods, like, they travel down to Hell, and they have to, like, sneak in, they can't go through the gate. But basically, the reason that Hell ultimately, like, gives Boulder back to the world of the living um, is, you know, because he's he's so amazing. Um, and I think, if I remember correctly, like, I think he ends up, like, basically there's, like, this bargain kind of struck, and then the bargain goes bad, so Boulder ends up having to stay in the underworld. Oh, no. So It's very um, much like um, Orpheus and Eurydice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um... I, I, it's, but but that's where he lives. So he didn't die in battle, and but he, he's a god. You know, so he, but he's still but he's a god. Home. Yeah. So, um, I so before I do my final one and tell you where I'm traveling after the Egyptian afterlife, um, I wanted to talk about who can go, who can find their way into these underworlds without dying. So like we talked about Orpheus getting into the underworld um, just because basically he sang his way there. He like sang to Cerberus and Cerberus let him in. He sang (laughs) to the fairy man and the fairy man was like, all right, get in. And like, (laughs) he just like sang his way there. And then he sang to Hades and Persephone and was like, let me take my wife back. And they're like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) And, but then they put this caveat on it, obviously. Right. Um, For the Egyptian afterlife, um, the only person who regularly goes to the un- afterlife and comes back is the god Ra, because he travels across the sky and then spends 12 hours going through the underworld and then comes back again. So, like, the average person can't, like, through trickery or through bravery, go into the underworld and come back for the Egyptian afterlife. What about in Norse mythology? So, Odin travels to the underworld to get answers to about Ragnarok. Like, okay. he... He goes, and this is, like, classic Odin. <laughs> um, but he meets with people in the underworld to... So Boulder, again, before he died and went to the underworld, Boulder would have, like, prolific dreams. And so Boulder dreamed of Ragnarok, and Odin was like, what now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he goes... So he travels on his horse to the underworld um, to learn more about Ragnarok. Okay. And then... The god who travels down to go and reclaim Boulder can go. So, yeah, so there's several instances of not mortals, but other gods traveling to the underworld. All of them, though, like, none of them can enter, like, through the gate. So I feel like there's this kind of, like, Severus-esque 
kind of feeling where it's like if you try to go if you try to pass through the gate and you're not actually dead so in Helheim the dead have like they have a different color it's like they almost like an aura that they glow so like if you try to go through the gate it'd be very obvious that you're not actually dead okay yeah so they have to they have to be sneaky they have to like go over the walls and stuff but Hmm. yeah they all seem to have come back yeah okay Okay, so the last place that I'm going, uh, I'm going to Shabalba, and that is the Mayan underworld, um, and I am taking, crap, um, I'm taking definitely anti-scorpion spray, mm. uh, I'm taking a jacket. <laughs> Scorp, <laughs> Scorpigon? Sorry, that's a little Scorpigon. Sc- Scorpigon. Scorpigon. Kind of appreciate your jacket, your winter jacket with some Scorpigon when you go to Shibulba. And yeah. then... That's a sentence I didn't think I'd ever say. <laughs> a knife. <laughs> just, just for reasons. Sounds like a you dangerous fucking You know what? Everything... <laughs> every underworld, just just take a knife. Just take a knife. Yeah. Take a Swiss Army knife. Especially the, like, ancient underworlds, you know? Yeah. Where, like, physical means are, like, useful there. Like, yeah. In the Christian underworld, or, like, whatever, afterlife... <laughs> A knife would be useless. It would just be like, oh, it goes away because no one wants it here. But in the in these ancient underworlds, it's they're like, tough. It's it's a place you could go and you can like run into things and like cor- have corporeal form. And so like a piece of metal that's sharp would be real useful. <laughs> I think we should all pack a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, at least um, at the very least, so helpful. Got your bottle opener and <laughs> so yeah. for this, um, the the mines live from two hundred CE to nine hundred CE. That sounds really late to me. That's probably true. I googled. I researched this, so I don't know why I'm questioning this. <laughs> um, and they were, you know, in the the Yucatan, and so they have they had a lot of written stuff actually. But the Spanish just went around burning it all, so mm. we don't have a ton of stuff left over. But we do have the Popol Vuh, which is known as like the Book of the People or the Book of the Community, and it was trans transliterated transcribed by a priest so you know it's not it's not an original source to be clear the same with the book of the dead to be clear there are tons of different versions of the book of the dead the pyramid text and this is was transcribed by a scholar who just kind of made a a perfect book if you will so it's like all bits of other other texts kind of put together to one representative text gotcha Um, and a lot of people call it the Mayan Bible, but it's more like the Mayan Odyssey. So it's like a uh, telling of a story that informs you how to get to the underworld. Um, oh, okay. And it didn't necessarily happen. It's just a, a myth, you know, um, like the Odyssey. You know, I don't know how many people really thought that, you know, Odysseus did all of these things. So It's the uh, metaphors. Yeah, it's just a story. So the Popovol of among other things, tells the story of the hero twins, the Mayan hero twins, um, Hanapu and Shibalanke. Shibalanke. That sounds right to me. Yeah, Shibalanke. I really, it's X-B-A-L-A-N-Q-U-E. <laughs> so Shibalanke. I tried a bunch of, that's how, that's how it goes. So in okay. order to get to the underworld, you have to find a cave. And in the cave, you have to find a, um, a lake. So you have to enter the underworld through an underground lake, basically, is where we start off. Mm-hmm. And then you come upon a river. And the first river is a river of scorpions. 
just oh, that's what you need the scorpions? scorpion begun. Just a whole fucking river of scorpions. Just a river of scorpions. No thanks. I'm, I'll stay here. So I think well, that's what most kind of scorpions? Are they big scorpions? Because often the big scorpions you don't have to worry about. No, yeah. I mean, those are just. I mean, they're still scary. But I can fuck all you up, kinds I guess. of scorpions. It's just a just mix. all the scorpions. It's a whole river. It's a whole river <laughs> full of scorpions. So somehow you have to get past the river of scorpions. And you brought anti-scorpion spray, not like a rope, like a rope bridge, <laughs> or anti-scorpion boats. Well, I was gonna gonna. Scorpions can totally bring, climb. Bring they like just... Mary Poppins umbrella, maybe that's what I'll bring. <gasps> Ooh, okay, that's better. If we're talking enchanted items. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Only level two magic items you can take. That seems fair. <laughs> river number two is a river of blood. Right, it's gross, deal. but it's fine. I think it's yeah. After the river of scorpions, seems like you're walking apart. Right. <laughs> I think it's interesting that both the Greek underworld and the mine underworld have three rivers because the Greek yeah. underworld has the river of sleep, the river of fire, and the river of forgetfulness. So if you're uh-huh. reincarnated, you go through the river of forgetfulness so that you forget your last life and then you're yeah. reincarnated. But this third river is a river of pus. Ew. Oh, So, no. again, super gross. I think it's worse than a river of blood, but... Yeah, but not as bad as a river of scorpions. But so. Not as bad as a river <laughs> of scorpions. Although, if you've already been through a river of scorpions, and then you have to go through a river of blood and a river of pus, that's not great. It's a bad day. I'm not going to argue that point. Very, you're going to get gangrene from the scorpion wounds. Yeah, probably. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think you should change... Emily, you take whatever you want. If I were to go with you, I would take those like fishing waders. Oh yeah, or you know, a boat. Oh, yeah. Maybe just a or boat. just a boat. <laughs> be like the Egyptians and be like, Haha, "What plebeians? I'm going to bring my own boat, thank you." <laughs> a scorpion-proof boat. <laughs> I won't be going on your weird, rickety little shack, Caron. So after the rivers, that's just the start. You hit a crossroads, and you have to figure out where you're going in this crossroads. So, and quick question. Yes. This, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to clarify. So, regardless of your, like, whether you were good or bad or how you died, everybody goes through these rivers, I right? think so. I think okay. there is no okay. judgment in... There's no, like, bypass where it's yeah. like, well, I was actually a really, really, really great king, so I'm just gonna, like, yeah. go skip ahead. Well, there I'm gonna are, pass go and go straight to the crossroads. <laughs> there are certain people who can bypass this whole process. People who go straight into um, the the good place are people who are sacrifice victims, women oh. who died in childbirth, uh, yeah. those who were killed in warfare, suicide mm-hmm. victims, and those who died playing the pocketock, the game uh, with the ball. Oh, yeah. So those people don't have to do all this; they just go straight. Okay, to so the you're end. talking about your average person who passes yes. away from average kind. Con- okay. Yeah. So this. Okay. So my understanding is that. You don't necessarily... So the afterlife, the the good place, is not in the underworld. You have to go through the underworld and then up to the place of the gods and then down to where afterlife is, to paradise. So you are... You just have to get through. And so while there is, like, a panel of judges who will judge you, I don't think that their judgment means anything. I don't think that they, you know, they can let you pass or they can make it easier for you. But in a lot of tales, they just like fuck with people. Um, (laughs) And so in the tale of the twin hero twins, basically, they are making a lot of noise by playing this game. 
and the lords of Shababa are like, would you just shut the fuck up? And they're just like, but we love this game. And so the lords of Shababa challenge them to this game. Uh. And so they have to get there first to play this game with them. And basically it's a series of, like, they play the game, they let the Shababa lords win, and then they have to go through all of these trials, which an average person would just be going through these trials and not playing this game. So the first trial is the dark house. It's pretty self-explanatory. It's dark. There's no light. You have to get through the night. Well, the, the hero twins had to get through the night without lighting a torch, but I think an average person, you have to get through the room without tripping or hurting yourself um, or anything. Um, the second place is the rattling house, which is intense cold. It's also called the cold house, but it's like bone rattling cold, which is why they call it the rattle house. Wow. And then there's the jaguar house. Pretty self-explanatory. It's the jaguar in the house. I feel oh, like that's man. the one you're most likely going to go down in. You know what I'm saying? You should take a machine gun. <laughs> well, we're talking about ancient Mayans. They didn't have machine guns. Oh, I'm going to take okay. a knife and do my so best. I can be a warrior. The next so one, or like is... take a pig or something that give be like yeah. here, jaguars. <laughs> the next one is the bat house. Just a bunch of bats. Sounds so bad. Um, then there's the razor house. <laughs> Which is... Is that made has, of, like, obsidian or something? Yeah, a bunch of razors that move of their own accord, so oh it's pretty self-explanatory. The fuck? I still don't think most people would get through the Jaguar this is house. fucked up, like, culture. I mean, I don't mean to say it like that, but, like, these are things that are, like, terrifying. Like, actually kill you. It makes me think of uh, Invader Zim, where he's like, I will send you to universe where it's very itchy. And then he shows a picture, and it's like, it's just a picture you can't tell it's... He's like, you can't tell, but it's very itchy over there. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, the last one is the hot house, which is very, very hot. Okay. And so you have to get through all of these things. And then um, the Lords of Shabalba, I think there's 12. I was trying to get a number, and I think I remember that there's 12. I actually had to read this in college. Not all of it, because it's really long, but um, about this descent. And I did a series of paintings about, like, well, obviously, I, not the dark house because <laughs> it's dark. Uh, it's just all black. Man, but like you know, descending right into the lake as a person, and then you know, there's the bat house and the jaguar house and the twelve. And so you have to talk to the twelve lords, but some of them are mannequins and some of them are real people, and some of them are like you and some of them don't. So it's very mostly in the in the literature they just mess with you. They just, they just like bring up all your flaws and then talk talk it through with you and ma- and it's meant to humi- humiliate you and like make you feel bad about yeah. yourself. Yeah, I was gonna say it just sounds like a breaking down of the ego. Yeah, sort of, like see if I were gonna go into the Mayan underworld, I would bring like like a full suit of like Kevlar armor. <laughs> I like a bomb. I'm like like bomb disposal unit kind of suit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And then I'd bring like. A joke book, so I could like hit those judges with some bad zings, you know, like <laughs> turn it back on those guys. Hey, you guys are dumb, also. Whatever. See, I don't have it with me right now, but if I did, <laughs> and then like I don't know, what, what, like, uh, maybe a knife or some food or something. But I guess there's more to come. Well, no, that's the that's it. And then once you're through, you cross um, you cross the underworld. You ascend nine levels back to Earth, then thirteen more levels to the realm of the gods, and then you descend to just above Earth, which is paradise. And that's where you live. So basically, you aren't you aren't necessarily judged. I suppose if you're a really bad person, the Lords of Shababa won't let you pass, and they'll make your life really hard. Mm-hmm. But 
generally it's just like your fitness to get to the afterlife how much fortitude do you have to yeah. get there um, what happens if you fail what what happens if you fail you die you just die die oh, oh so you don't like you don't get to enjoy paradise you just stop you cease to exist yeah you cease to exist i'm gonna throw this out there and this isn't I feel like it needs to be said, although I feel like it's also a messed up thing to say. But it sounds like you'd kind of want to be a sacrifice victim. Yeah. Die in childbirth. Yeah. Die playing. You know what I mean? Like It's so much easier. Oh my gosh. Especially if this is what you grew up understanding this is what's going to happen to you when you die. He's like, well, I just hope I kick it after that, like sixth baby <laughs> like, you believe, like if someone dies in one of those ways and like you're like good for him man like, right yeah <laughs> I'm I mean I'm gonna terrified. miss him yeah, right like, <laughs> I'm gonna miss him a lot don't get me wrong but also he's got it easy yeah <laughs> also kind of fuck him a little bit taking the pansy way out well it's pretty interesting because um the coolest part about this is that in 20 uh 2008 they discovered the series of caves. Um, actually, the, uh, a professor at the University of Yucatan, whose name is Guillermo de Anda, and I actually have met this man. He's oh, cool. he's the sweetest little Hufflepuff. He's so cute. Um, <laughs> and he actually, when I first met him, he had one of these skulls that he found in one of these caves in his uh, bag and was, like, showing it to anyone who would see it. It was so funny. <laughs> um, but he he's so nice. And... He found this cave, this set of caves that basically mimic this journey to the underworld. So oh. you you have these three dips in uh, in the cave water and to re- resemble the three um, rivers. And then there's like a room that's really hot and a room that's really cold and one that has jaguar skeletons in it and one that has <laughs> scorpions in it. I mean, you have to get to... There's a part where you have to crawl on the ground in this like scorpion infested, you know place yeah. to get to the rest of it so it's like they have this thing that mimics it and then there's like an altar at the end with like places set for the the lords of the underworld so it's pretty cool that they they found this i mean they're not 100 percent sure that's what it is but it seems really right. like uh evidence-based <laughs> like this must be what that's this is that's so crazy to think that like someone's weird like backyard adventure turned into a religion which turned into like the basis for like Western literature, like maybe not in this case, but like I'm sure something very similar happened, like in for the Greeks, right? Like, oh yeah, you mean like the Odyssey? Yeah, exactly. Or like Journey to the West. It's like, oh yeah, I had like I saw a monkey in my backyard. He picked up a stick and hit a turtle with it, and now I'm gonna write this book. And then it was like, this is the basis for like, you know, Eastern literature, which like moves forward into time as like like a monument. Yeah, yeah. They must have known. Like, either they must have known that it wasn't, like, that impre- impressive, or they must have, like, had much lower standards for impressiveness, you know, than we have today. Thinking about it, all of that was garbage. Like, all your rituals or whatever was garbage. It was the stories you told about them. Yeah. That was, like, the important part that moved forward in time. Yeah, you mean that, that this cave wasn't exactly as impressive as, like, these stories, but it's so symbolic that people will recall the stories and, like, place it over what this is. Right. Basically. Like, it doesn't matter what it actually was now, because yeah. we're talking about it on a computer screen, like, 10,000 years in the future, and, like, we remember the story, and, like, oh, by the way, we also just found a place that was kind of like this. <laughs> like, yeah. your actual culture is less important than the stories your coastal tells. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, or, like, in Greek mythology, when there's, like, actual... 
like the islands and stuff where it's like oh this place really exists and through our story we yeah. put zeus on that island so yeah. now this island which yeah. will you know people will live on it but it'll always be associated with that yeah that's a better example for uh, for our case i'm just yeah yeah your mind is the oh no absolutely i'm just saying like i i think about that sometimes when i'm like the places i've wanted to travel it's like it's i have heard of these places in these stories yeah and yeah. associate them with mythological things but they're real tangible <laughs> yeah places it's like the the island where um Aphrodite was said to, or Atlanta and Aphrodite were both said to live was Cyprus, and yeah. this is like a you know a real place where my grandfather is from. So, you know, it's interesting. Um, yes. Can we talk about descents into the underworld and like popular popular culture real fast? Like, well, I think we have to touch on the the idea of like the like Christian heaven and hell. They. Yeah. came around as like a is very much like a consequences to your actions um not always they're definitely like i guess um denominations that just believe like nope there's a certain amount i think it was like the puritans right Where like there's a certain amount of people that are going to get to heaven and it's a set number and oh that's really Mormons. nothing you can do yeah like nothing you can do can really change that but forty four thousand. yeah you but you want to be good and just in case you're one of those people, I guess. If you could do but, basic math, you'd be like, uh, the likelihood of that is very low. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go burn stuff exactly. down. Well, it's funny because the Mormons also used to do this thing where they would adopt Native American children because they believed that Native Americans would automatically get into heaven. So they were like, if I adopt a Native American child, that child will advocate for me and like bring me to heaven. I will, I will by association be part of their family and then go to heaven with them. Interesting. Yeah, my understanding Why? is that Mormons will also like you can when you are baptized, you can be. Um, I I don't know the actual like I I've forgotten what it's called, but you can be like tied to somebody. So like. You can be tied to, like, your husband or your wife or your children so that when you get to heaven, you acknowledge each other. Like, you will remember yeah. your connection on earth, so you'll continue your, like, earthly bonds. Weird. So, mm-hmm. it's a very it's a very interesting concept, but the reason I really wanted to bring it up was because, yeah, it's, it's seen as, like, a lot of times it's seen as, like, a consequence or whatever, but... You have Dante's Inferno. Yeah, that's right. He goes down to so, the underworld in that. Um, yeah, so he travels down through the nine realms of hell um, to get to Satan, and he has Virgil guiding him, and all of that is, a lot of it, is taken from these other religions and their yeah. travels to the underworld. Um, there. Oh, What Dreams May Come. Have you guys ever seen that movie? No. I have. Yeah. Oh, it's really, it's a... Um, Robin Williams is in it, and it's really beautiful movie. I'd actually really like to watch it again to see if, how it holds up because there's a lot of special effects and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's this is a story about a man who travels into the underworld, and um, you you learn through uh, the people he encounters there about his his life while so while he was living. So you learn that he was killed in a car accident but what it actually happened is he is a doctor and there was a car accident that occurred in front of him so he got out to go help and then was um hit by another car so he was like a bystander of the original accident okay but prior to that happening both of his children 
were in a car accident and died. Oh, gosh. Mm. So his wife commits suicide. Oh, my uh, God. Through de- Yeah, it's intense. It's kind of a, it's a heavy movie. Though. Yeah. But yeah, she, I'm not going to so, watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like I said, it's really beautiful. But yeah, so it's it's about this woman's like depression and ultimately like her suffering, and about how she uh, loses her husband and her children and can't bear it, and so she she commits suicide. And her husband, who's in the who is in like heaven essentially, right, is like in this better place. Is like, wait, no, this is no, this oh. is messed up. And so he goes to get her. And to, like, bring her out. And so it's this metaphor for, like, how depression and suicide are, you know, you're, you're fighting loneliness. And it's about being isolated and being alone. Um, but it's, it's very, they pull a lot of, like, the kind of Dante tropes I think that's for a, it. Popular culture uses a lot of, like, Christian um, I think one interesting, I, I think of two now, actually. Uh, first of all is Labyrinth. Which is clearly, it's very much a descent into the underworld because you're trying. The girl has lost her little brother to the Goblin King, and she has to go mm-hmm. get him. So she has to do all these yeah. trials um, in order to get her um, brother back. But then there's also um, the Good Place, which is such a good mo- oh, show. Yeah. Yes, that was my other one too. That one kind of makes up its own mythology, though, almost from whole cloth. Yeah, like, it's interesting because it does use kind of the heaven-hell dichotomy, but it, then it also is using all of these, like, humanist philosophers about what it yeah. means to be good. And and also, like, a heaven-hell as a bureaucracy kind of deal, yeah, which yeah. is n- not a biblical thing, right? That seems like a very modern capitalist Absolutely, thing. yeah, yeah. So well, I, I, I find it very interesting. I also uh, want to mention, like, uh, God of War. Yeah. like... Throughout the whole series, has gone and killed every pantheon of gods uh, there is. <laughs> he just <laughs> keeps, keeps finding gods to kill, and he keeps killing all of them. That's and funny. That's kind of like what this, the game is about—is like killing all the gods. Uh, and so, not so Why, much. Like, and what's his motivation? Uh, I think dead wife. Dead wife. Good, yeah, good, good. Yeah. We need a woman or in the refrigerator. Something yep. like uh, he's like real angry for some reason. I think it might be Dead Wife. I can't remember exactly. I know the original one. Oh, what is it? I think is Dead Wife. Okay. Well, but so that's why I was curious. Is like if it's the same wife every time, or if it's like this no, is what I do still now. Angry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he never gets unangry. Like I murdered all the Roman gods or whatever right. was the initial storyline, exactly. and then it's like, well, time to kill, kill some different. Gods. Yeah. <laughs> I guess this is what I do now. Yeah, right. And his wife's like, "Hi, I'm right here." Like. <laughs> He's like, no, like, I get it, but, like, I'm still angry about what happened. <laughs> right. And then an Egyptian god is like, I've got your wife now, and I double murder her. <laughs> Kratos is like, did you just see? Did you Did you not just see me murder that whole pantheon of gods over there? Why did you think this was a good idea? You, All right, fine, bring it. Right? <laughs> I was already still angry. Now I'm still double angry. <laughs> And the wife is just like, I don't even know why I'm here. That's right. What is? I don't, I'm so tired of this shit. Listen, this, guys, I'm really sorry I, about this. This is just right. awkward at this I point. I can't believe I married him. Right. <laughs> um, well, thank you, storytellers, for tuning in. Uh, I hope we've inspired you to think about your your <laughs> underworld journey. <laughs> yeah, how you're going to uh, arrange your afterlife and Be where you're going to go to these Get, these lovely travel destinations. I wish we could make some, some travel posters. That would be hilarious. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know a guy. Scorpions would be really um, <laughs> <laughs> enticing. 
You'd have uh, to like show like all the other parts of that journey, and then just like in the bottom, like in a little asterisk mention, like also a river of scorpions. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> and right. bloody pus. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening, storytellers. Don't be a trippy dopes. And remember, when you're going to the underworld, always pack a knife. And keep telling your stories. Yay! Bye. 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 Bye.